Now, I know, I know that most of you in here, uh, many of you, I should say, um, because of the size of Westridge, you, you don't know me personally. Uh, you know me from, you know, here, and we run into each other from time to time. And if you've been here long enough, hopefully we've had a chance to get to know each other. But um, uh, one of the things you may not know about me is, is by, by nature, I am very much a people person. Um, <clears throat> I, for the most part, I like to be around people. I like to observe the way that people behave. And I like, especially... To, be, um, to watch people behave in large settings. Like you, if you could put me in a, in a, on a Friday night in a high school football stadium at the very top and just let me not only watch the game but watch all of these people observe this game and play out all of, the resp- all of the emotions that go along with watching their kids play football with coaches making decisions. I mean, that's like a, that's like a great night for me, okay? Because I'm just like, look at these people just losing their minds. Um, but... When I was in college, one of my favorite courses that I took as an elective was a, was a course called sociology. Sociology is the study of human nature, whereas psychology is the study of like specific human behavior, the mind, the whole deal. Sociology is the study of large groups of people and communities. And um, since I am an observer of large groups of people and communities, and having lived here now in northwest Atlanta for over the last 15 years, here's what I have observed. I have observed that we are a community of people that live a very complex lifestyle. Our lives, our lives are the way that we live, are way too busy. We are way too overscheduled. We have very little time for meaningful friendships, meaningful relationships, because we have very little margin in our lives. And so because of all of that, I mean, it impacts our marriage, it impacts our finances, it impacts the way we raise our kids, it impacts the decisions that we make. And so it, it is, we, we're just a very complex society. And I don't think we're unique, but I think just having observed, that's how things are in the area that we live in. Now, <clears throat> if you have had or currently have school-aged children, chances are uh, you're experiencing the complexity of what I'm talking about, and you know what I'm talking about here. You know what it's like for you and your spouse to race home from work, grab a quick bite of usually something that's somewhat unhealthy to eat, um, and then take off in different directions. And one of you is going to ball practice, the other's maybe going to dance or cheerleading or whatever it is that you're doing. And then when that's all over with, usually a little bit later in the evening, you race back home, you try to get everybody cleaned up, you try to get, you know, the kids to do their homework, and then you try to get everybody in bed at a decent hour, all while trying to avoid a major family blow-up. Am I I resonating with anybody here today? Can I get an amen? All right. I I only got an amen from my wife in the first service, so... um, So we're we're on a... And then then on the weekends, where usually, you know, when I was growing up, the weekends were kind of like, kind of chill, you relax, you take some time off. What we've done is we, we've taken our weekends now to a whole nother level because our world is, is you know, consumed with things like travel sports, um, travel baseball, travel lacrosse, uh, travel softball, competitive cheerleading, weekend wrestling tournaments, band competitions, all day long football events, travel checkers. I don't know what else. You know, we're, we're just traveling to do everything nowadays. And, and I'll tell you, um, for, for quite a few years, my wife and I got in, into this. And my boys are both baseball players. And um, my, now my youngest son, Zach, is a wrestler. That's a whole other world, little world out there. Um, but we played um, for quite a few years travel baseball. Both of them did. 
And I was, I tried and I attempted for a few years to be a coach on both of their teams. Now, on Saturday, I want to tell you what our weekend would kind of look like. On Saturday, I might be with Zach up in Cartersville, Georgia, while Amy was two hours away with Taylor in Monroe, Georgia. And we would talk to each other by cell phone most of the day. Okay, Zach's up. Tell me the pitch, all right? Ball, strike, ball. Oh, he struck out. No! You know what I mean? Or, and then the next day, on Sundays, okay, Amy would, she would go to Cartersville with Zach, and then I would send Taylor with somebody up to Monroe, and then what maybe you didn't realize was happening was I would stand over here and greet some folks, and then I would run into my green room over here, change my clothes, throw on a baseball jersey, try to beat you out of the parking lot, because I was driving to Monroe, okay, two hours away to coach a baseball team. And, and so, you know, for a couple years, when we tried to do that, it was wild, wild in our lives. I mean, it was like ships like passed in the night. And, and it was, I'll be honest with you, it was, it was, it was unhealthy and it was tough. And, and I look at some of you now, um, and you have three or more kids. And thank the Lord for grandparents and thank the Lord for other people, that, you know, because I don't know how in the world some of you do this. It, it is just an amazing thing to watch how we, you know, have become so busy and overscheduled and so consumed. And some of you in this room, you're college students or, or you're a high school student or you're newly married with no kids or your kids are out of the house, but you have your own set of complex, complicated life issues. You've just maybe replaced other issues with, you know, the current issues that you're now involved in. And so here we are, we come to moments like this where, you know, we, where the, you know, a brand new year begins and we say things like, I'm going to get in better shape this year or I'm going to be more consistent in my time with God or I'm going to, I'm going to make more time for meaningful friendships or I'm going to get into a small group, a journey group here at Westridge or I'm going to, you know, my, this is the year that, that, that my spouse and I are really going to take some time and we're going to focus on uh, us. You know, we're going to really focus on us. But really does any of that ever happen. Why? Well, because, again, our lives are too cluttered. They're too busy. They're too complicated and they're too complex. And one of the biggest things that threatens your ability to pull any of this off and to improve the quality of every area of your life is, again, the complexity of your life. And that impacts your marriage and it impacts your kids and it impacts your finances and it impacts your church attendance. It impacts everything. See, every single day, we, are, we have the ability to make choices that either help bring a little order and peace to our already complex lives, or we do like so many other people end up doing, and we make unwise and even stupid decisions that cause our already complex lives to become even more complicated and complex and frustrated. And, and I like what the great philosopher John Wayne says. He says, life is hard, but it's harder when you're stupid, Okay. <laughs> You can take that and let that soak in. All right, well, over the next several weeks, we're going to be in a series that we have planned for quite a while uh, here at Westridge called Simplexity. We actually uh, created a, a word um, called uh, Simplexity. Now, what is that? Simplexity is very simple, and it's, this is our own definition. Simplexity is simple biblical wisdom that keeps a complex life from becoming even more complicated or complex. So, to help us on our journey towards um, simplexity, over the next several weeks, we're going to be looking at some very powerful verses from a book in the Bible called Proverbs. Now, why Proverbs and what is Proverbs all about? Well, Proverbs are simply a collection of principles. They are principles that can help bring guidance and clarity to nearly every area of our lives. So if your issue is relational or if it's financial or if it's 
um, maybe a career issue or it's just you need help in decision making or um, maybe your spiritual life or you're trying to figure out, you know, who are the best people to surround yourself with or, you know, what should I fill my calendar with, you know, and I could go on and on. Proverbs is just chock full of those principles. Now, I'm not going to promise you that by listening to and applying all of these principles that your complex issues of your life are just going to magically disappear overnight. And here's why. Because life is hard. I mean, just take away everything that we've already talked about. I mean, life just brings things at us. I mean, suffering's part of the journey. I mean, we go through tough times. There's unexpected roadblocks. I mean, there's trials that we face. I mean, there's all kinds of things that go into the mix. And we're still human, all right? We're just, we sin and we do crazy things. However, here's what I can promise you. I can promise you that if you take these biblical principles and if you put them into action, all right, you will start making better decisions and you will start living your life more intentionally and you will avoid some of the major roadblocks on your path and you'll begin to bring some order to the craziness of your life. Now, what you need to understand about Proverbs is that it was written by one of the wisest men that ever lived, a king by the name of Solomon. He compiled a collection of of wisdom that he had accumulated over the years and he presented this collection to his son to help him live a wise life. Now, in Proverbs chapter 1, look at there for just a moment, in verse 2, he gives us the purpose of Proverbs. He says their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them to do what is right, just, and fair. These Proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. In other words, the purpose of, Pro- of the Proverbs is to teach us how to take wisdom and apply it to area, every area of our life. Now, what is wisdom? Wisdom is the skill to live life according to God's plan. And here's one of the beauties of wisdom. One of the beauties of wisdom is that it is available to you at all times. Now, how do you gain wisdom? Well, James chapter 1, verse 5 tells us that if we will ask God for wisdom, that he will give it to us generously. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 6 says, For the Lord gives wisdom. From his mouth come knowledge and understanding. Now, I want to just share with you for a moment, because I think it's important, how God goes about giving us wisdom. Because there, there's a lot of stuff out there, and people have, you know, God gave me this and this and this, and he spoke to me this way. And, I want to lay out for you how God does this. First of all, the one, one of the ways that God gives us wisdom is simply through his word. And I want you to know that every word that is in the Bible comes from the mind and heart of God. These are his words. And they are still as relevant today about today's issues and today's problems as they were when they were written. And for the last uh, several years, um, as part of just my own spiritual discipline, I've tried to read a chapter out of Proverbs every single day. And there's been obviously days where I've missed, but every time I read one, here's what happens. I seem to grab a different principle. Something different jumps out on the page and it it grabs my heart and speaks into an issue of my life. Why? Because the Bible describes itself and it is very relevant, still, I mean, extremely relevant. It is vibrant, but it's also God's living word speaking into my life. And so every time I read it, I'm probably going to get something else that, that God wants to teach me, all right? Even though I may have read it hundreds and hundreds of other times. So God's word, I mean, this is God's voice, it's his words to us. The other thing is the Holy Spirit. 
This is where we, we need to be clear, all right? How does that work? Well, Jesus said the Holy Spirit would be for us a counselor, and he would be a guide for us. Now, when I have an issue come up in my life where I need guidance or I need direction or I need an answer to a question, here's what I do. Pray to the Father, and I seek him with my whole heart, and I trust him that the Holy Spirit is going to lead me to make wise decisions. Now, I'll be honest with you, all right? I have never heard the audible voice of God. I know some of you claim to have done that. I've never, I just, just never happened to me. I've never heard even a whisper or a shout into my ear or God is speaking audibly. This thus saith the Lord. And, you know, what in the world does this happen here? And I'm very cautious about going with my gut feeling, thinking that God is speaking to me because I, I'm just beyond, I've been wrong way too many times. However, I've prayed by faith and I've watched God miraculously line up situations, create circumstances, or line up people to help bring wisdom to my situations. I've watched him open and shut doors. And I've had many moments where a verse of scripture that I learned as a child will come to my, mo- will come to my mind at just the right moment, something I haven't even thought about for years, but it, I'll be in a situation, I'll be praying, and all of a sudden the ver- just this verse comes to my mind. It's God's voice speaking to me. At some time, you know, in the future, I wanna, I'm, I'm going to share with you how, my, you know, as you know, some of you know, my oldest son um, just, just made a college decision, and uh, he's been being re- be recruited to play baseball, and he just made a college decision. And, and when we got into this whole thing, and I won't go into all the details because I haven't asked for his permission um, yet. Um, are you sitting in here, Taylor? Because I'm gonna, No, I'm going to ask you right now. I'm just kidding. All right. Um, he is totally mortified right now. Um, when we got into this whole thing, we just said, God, we, this is so confusing and so just, we don't know what to do. So here's what we're asking you to do, Lord. We are asking that you will make this so clear to us that we can't miss it that you will speak so loudly and speak so clearly and that you will line up circumstances and events that, Lord, we just can't miss it. And God did that. It's amazing how he pulled all that together. And we look back and we go, that's amazing. Lord, because of all of that, we just, even, we just trust you more because we've seen how you've just made that work. And it's praying to the Father, seeking him with all our hearts, saying, Lord, we trust you and watching the Holy Spirit just lead and guide, all right? And then the other way that God does this is through wise counsel. How does he give us wisdom? Proverbs fifteen twenty: without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. Um, this past Thursday, I had lunch with three of our elders. I do it the first Thursday of every month. I meet with three of our elders, same guys, usually the same restaurant. We usually order the same things. And, but these are guys that are speaking into my life, my personal life. Yesterday morning, we had our full elders meeting, first Saturday of every month, seven o'clock in the morning. We meet for a couple hours. And I want to tell you something. These guys, they are a gift to our church because they're all godly men with amazing character that have the gift of discernment and wisdom. And they speak into my life and they speak into the direction of this church. And so we have God's word, we have the Holy Spirit, and we also have wise counsel. That's how we get wisdom. But here's what I've learned. Even with all of these avenues of wisdom that are available to us, life is still messy. Life is still complicated. We still face things, and to complicate things even more, sometimes we choose to navigate through life in our own wisdom. Some of us are, you know, self-sufficient people, strong personalities, and we choose, I'm going to, I'm, God, I got this one. I've got this one, Lord. I I got this one figured out. Now, what happens when we try to navigate through life in our own wisdom? Well, here's what happens. First of all, our priorities get messed up. 
And when our priorities get messed up, we push God out of the picture, we stop trusting him, we stop obeying his word, and then we begin to live life without faith in him. And when we live life without faith, we begin to make poor decisions, which lead to sin, which leads to stress and worry and fear and confusion and doubt and chaos and sometimes even spiritual deadness. And as a result of all of that, we end up complicating our lives. We end up with the opposite of simplexity. We end up with complexity. Now, I think Solomon sums it up best here in Proverbs 14, 12. He says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but in, the way it, but, it, but in the end, it, it's the way to death. Now, let me once again introduce you to this word that we created for this series called simplexity. What is it? Simplexity is simple biblical wisdom that keeps a complex life from becoming even more complicated and complex. What's God's prescription for simplex, simplexity in our lives? Now, over the next several weeks, we're going to be looking at very specific proverbs that speak into different issues of our lives. This morning... We're going to look at a very familiar proverb. Many of you in this room could quote this without even looking. You've known this for years. Some of you, this is going to be new. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Here's what it says. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Now, again, many of you are very familiar with this proverb. God gives us some direction here. He gives us some directives. And then in this verse... He gives us a promise. Now, I want to read this to you in the New Living Translation because I, I just I like the way that, it, that, that it's laid out. It says, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do, and he will show you which path to take. Now, how many of you in here would love to know which path to take in every turn? I mean, you would. I mean, every one of us, we would love to know that when we're making a decision, regardless of what it is, that it's the right path, that it's the right decision to make, all right? In verse 6, Solomon tells us that God has created everything, including you and me, and that he has the ability to direct our paths or to give us wisdom on which paths to take, regardless of what it is. However, ending up on that path doesn't just happen by coincidence, and it doesn't just happen by accident. Solomon says there are some things that we have to do. There's some decisions that we have to make if we want God to be involved in directing our path and giving us wisdom to know which paths to take. And according to Solomon, in order for God to fulfill his end of the deal, here's what we have to do. First of all, we need to trust in him. We need to trust in him with all of our heart. Now, what's, what is trust? Trust is, according to Webster, all right, it is an assured reliance on the character, ability, strength, or truth of someone or something. Now, that's a very strong statement. According to Webster, when I trust someone, I have an assured reliance on that person's character, their ability, their strength, and their ability to be truthful with me. Now, based on that definition, how many people could you honestly say you trust? I mean, I just trust them. I mean, character, ability, strength, their work. I mean... And how could you ever get to a place where you could actually have this kind of trust in someone? Because this kind of trust doesn't just happen, does it? The only way that anyone can earn this kind of trust is by spending time with you. By, you, you would need to get to know this individual over a period of time. You would have to watch how they act over, over a length of time. I mean, are they selfish or are they selfless? Are they prideful or are they humble? Do they think of others first or do they you know, always just simply thinking about themselves? 
And in order to find the answer to these questions, what you have to, you'd have to really spend time and become familiar with someone before you could actually have this kind of trust in them, right? Well, I would say that that's true when it comes to God. In order for us to really trust his character, to trust his ability, to trust his strength, to trust his word, we need to spend the necessary time with him to get to know him for ourselves. Now, if you grew up in church and you relied most, you know, of your spiritual life has really been based on most of what you hear from others, instead of really digging in and getting to know God yourself, then here's my challenge for you in 2013. My challenge for you is to get to know Jesus. Get to know Jesus, all right? You may have to shake off a little bit of religion as you do that, but I want to tell you something. It'll be well worth your time. Now, if you're, if you're new to this whole idea, you know, about God, Jesus, church, the Bible, you know, then I would say just keep coming to church on Sunday morning so that you can learn more about God from his word. And we are committed here at Westridge to help you get on a journey that will change your life to become a fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. That's, that's our mission here. And I would also encourage you to get a Bible. If you're a guest, we have Bibles at our help center that we'd love to give you, that we'll give you one for free. And I would encourage you, where do I start? Jump in, start reading the book of John, all right? Or, in, and, or grab a proverb every single day. There's 31 of them. So you can, every single day, you can read a proverb, all right? There's a, a new, there's not new, but it's been around for a little while, a website called youversion.com. And you can go to that website and you can create a Bible reading program for yourself that will take you through a year or 30 days or however long. But it, will, it, it works with your phone and it works with your iPad and your, and your computer and the whole deal. So, but regardless of where you are in your spiritual journey, I'm going to challenge you to set out to know God in such a way that you can answer two big questions without hesitation. And here they are. All right? Does God want what's best for me all right, that's the first question. And is God smarter than me? Those are the questions that, that I want you to set out to answer. Does God want what's best for me? And is God smarter than me? All right, your answer to those questions will ultimately determine whether or not you'll be able to trust God with your whole heart. You'll be able to trust him with all the decisions that you make. Now, if you're one of those people that really isn't too sure whether or not God has your best interest in mind or if he really cares about you or if he truly loves you, then, then you're going to have a tough time with trusting God in different areas of your life. If you're one of those people that, that you think that you're smarter than God and that his ways are old and outdated and he needs to get with the times because, after all, it is now 2013, then again, you're going to have a tough time trusting God with different areas of your life. You will default to doing exactly what Solomon says we shouldn't do when it comes to life and decision-making. You will start relying on your own understanding of life and, your own, and the world around you. And you're going to make decisions each day based on nothing more than changing feelings and emotions and what's going on around us in the economy and with our kids and what you know, someone says you should do or this and that. And instead of having a life of, of simplexity, you're going to end up with more and more and more complexity. Here's what the Bible tells us, and here's what I believe with all my heart. God absolutely wants the best for me, and he is much, much, much smarter than I am. Now, I want to tell you, that comes from a guy, me, who has had his share of broken relationships, all right, who's had a share of failures along the way, and has had been, and been through some personal tragedies. Now, how can I be so sure that God absolutely wants the best for me and he's much much smarter than I am well the ultimate proof that God wants the best for me is very simple it's Jesus 
through Jesus, all right, God provided, all right, God provided that he wants the best for my life and your life by sending Jesus into the world to die for our sins and to offer us forgiveness, redemption, and eternal life, something you could never do on your own. Through Jesus, God provided, proved that he doesn't want anyone to perish without things being made right between you and him. Through Jesus, he has proven that he doesn't want anyone to die a hopeless, hell-bound death. Through Jesus, he has proven that he doesn't want anyone to live a purposeless, meaningless life. Through Jesus, he has proven that he has our our very best interest in mind and, and that he deserves to be trusted with every area of our lives. But here's my challenge to you this morning. If you're skeptical about God and about Jesus and whether he wants what's best for you, don't take my word for that. What, what I'm, I want to encourage you to dig in yourself. Dig into this book, all right? And as you dig in, examine the character, examine the nature of God, examine the life of Jesus. And while you're doing that, pray. And pray that God's spirit will reveal to you, all right, what God wants you to know about himself. And I promise you, he's not going to let you down. Now, the ultimate proof that God is smarter than you is real simple. And I know this is going to sound kind of churchy, all right? He's God and you're not. Okay? I mean, we can all, most of us, I think, can agree upon that. He's been around forever, all right? Some of you are close to it, but you haven't, all right? You're a created being and he's the one that created you. All life exists because of him. He designed all of it very intricately and intelligently, and you and I had nothing to do with it. So if God created everything, including you, and it all belongs to him, and he made it with a very specific design and a very specific order in mind, don't you think that he understands every aspect of life in your life better than you do? Because again, I mean, and here's my challenge to you. When it comes to your life, when it comes to your decisions, when it comes to your priorities, when it comes to things like even like your money and your schedule, you have to ask yourself the question, is your wisdom better or is God's better, wisdom better? Is God smarter than you? Then Solomon says this, if you want God to direct your path in the right way, a way that is going to lead us away from complexity and towards a life that, that is full of purpose and meaning and fulfillment, all right, we also have to obey him. Solomon says we should trust God and instead of leaning on our own wisdom and our own understanding of life, we should acknowledge God in all of our ways. And here Solomon is pointing us towards obedience. He's telling us that in everything we do in life, in every decision that we make, we should strive to obey God's commands, God's word. Now, there's a reason why Solomon has taken these two words and put them together, why God directed Solomon to do that. And again, it's very simple. Here's the, they go hand in hand. And here's what I mean. When I trust God with the things in my life, I am choosing to walk in obedience. However, when I choose to obey God, even if I can't see what's going around me, even if it's kind of tough for me to trust, it leads me to a deeper trust in him. For example, some of you are struggling in your marriage this morning. What if you chose to follow God's wisdom and his design for marriage? and for your marriage, all right? Guys, what if you decided to pour into your wife everything you had and love her with everything you have? You decided you're gonna sacrifice her to lead her well. You looked at how Jesus loves you, how he loves his people, the church, and you say, that's how I'm going to love her, even though she may not be very 
lovable at this moment, okay? And ladies, what if you chose to honor your husband, to come alongside of him and to support his leadership, even if his track record in the past is not too honorable? What if, and what if your obedience towards God um, and his design for marriage led to things being better than ever? I mean, better than the first week of your marriage or whatever. I mean, better, I mean, better than ever. I mean, do you think if that happened that you would be able to have a deeper trust in God as a result of that? Sure you would. Now, let me talk to some of you singles and teenagers because I know there's a lot of you in here, especially this service. I know that there are a ton of your friends out there that are involved sexually with someone outside of marriage. You know, sleeping around right now. And a lot of people today think that God's plan for sex and sexuality you know, especially sex to be saved until marriage is just, it's old school, outdated thinking. However, what if you chose to follow godly wisdom and made a commitment right now out of obedience that you were not going to have sex until you got married? And if you are currently involved sexually with someone, that you just said, I'm going to stop right now and I'm going to wait until I find the right person and I get married to that person. And what if your obedience to God's plan for purity caused you to experience a deeper relationship with him and you discovered that your willingness to wait on God's best, you know, and, and, to, and you chose purity allowed you to experience a greater intimacy in your marriage. That you could go through marriage without guilt and baggage and all this stuff. I mean, don't you think that you would, that would lead you to a deeper trust in God? It, absolutely it would. Now there's some of you that in this room you're, you're struggling to live, you know, uh, financially according to God's word. I mean, you're, you, you really struggle to give to the mission and vision of, of this church because you don't fully trust God with the money he's given you. And what if right now you chose out of obedience and you invited God into your finances and you started giving a portion of your income back to the church? And as a result, you experience God providing you in ways you've never experienced before. You begin to develop a heart of generosity, something you never had before, generosity with your finances. That would lead you to a deeper trust in God, wouldn't it? Some of you in this room, you're struggling in the area of forgiveness. All right? You, you're looking at this person or the situation and you're not convinced that you should even give them forgiveness because they don't deserve it and maybe they don't. But what if out of godly wisdom you chose obedience and you decided to forgive and you kept on forgiving because sometimes listen forgiveness we can forgive but a lot of times we got to come back and go I'm going to forgive you again and okay I got to forgive you again because it keeps coming back to me and as a result of that you experience God removing anger and bitterness out of your life and you are freed up to start living in joy and freedom from whatever wrong that person has done to you and I mean that would look that would cause you to look to God and go Lord I can trust you see there's no doubt that when we come when, 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 when we know God more we'll trust him more and as a result, we're going to live in greater obedience to him. But there are those times in life that we just simply, because God said it, we need to choose obedience even when God, God's wisdom and his ways don't make sense to us. Because it's in those moments that God will develop a greater sense of trust in him. Now, with all that said, what's his simplicity promise here? If you trust him, if you obey him, trust him with all your heart, seek his will in all things, he says he'll make your path straight. He'll give you wisdom. Now, who in here would not want to claim a promise like that? Let me give you the New Testament version of that verse. Matthew 6, 33, it says, 
but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Now maybe this morning your priorities are all out of whack. You've stopped living by faith and trusting God. Somehow or another, you've gotten to this place in your life where you really, you're believing that, you know, your ways are better than God's ways. And because of that, you've fallen into the rat race of complexity. You're looking at your life and your life is chaotic. It's out of order. Your marriage is crazy right now. You're struggling to raise your kids. Your financial world is out of, you know, is out of order. I mean, there's sin in your life. Your path is anything but straight. Let me ask you this. What areas of your life, and I want you to think about all of them, what areas of your life do you just simply need to just trust God in today? And just say, God, you know what's best for me. I believe that. You are smarter than me. Your ways are better. And what areas of your life do you just simply need to choose obedience? Maybe, maybe the trust isn't quite there yet, but you know that God has given you wisdom through his word, through the Holy Spirit, through wise counsel. He's given you wisdom right now to make the right choices. I want to ask you this morning just, just to take that step, to take that step, whatever it may be. Take some simplicity, some biblical wisdom, and apply it to your life and allow God to brush away the complexity and to lead you to a life of greater promise and greater meaning. And I want to ask you to bow your heads. I want you to think right now about your marriage or about your singleness or about the relationship you're involved in right now or about your finances, just about your life, all of it, your schedule, the way you raise your kids, the decisions you make, all of that. And just say, Lord, what areas, of, I mean, what areas right now do I need you to straighten out this path? Lord, I know there's a promise there. And God's going to say, just trust me and obey me. Trust and obey. There's an old hymn, trust and obey. There's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And there's great truth in that. What areas of your life do you need to trust him? What areas of your life do you just need to simply be obedient, even if it doesn't make sense, even if the trust may not be completely there? And then take a step right now and give that to him. Surrender those things to him. Just say, Lord, I'm going to trust you. You are smarter than me. You, have, you know what's best for me. I'm going to trust you. Some of you um, today, the decision that you need to make is to put your faith and trust with your eternal life in God's hands. You, you have a major problem, all right? You don't have just a sin problem. You have a dead problem. You're spiritually dead inside because of sin. And God has provided a way for you to come back to God. To come back, to, to make things right between him and you. It's through Jesus. That's how much God loves you. He gave his son, who gave his life for you, so that you might have forgiveness, redemption, things could be made right with you and God. And this morning, God's offering that to you. A chance to be forgiven, a chance to have redemption, a chance to make, thing, to make things right. I mean, who would not want that? So if that's you this morning here, I want to lead you there. I want to pray with you. And just, I don't know what to do. Pray with me. Just say, Lord Jesus, at this moment, here's what I need. I need forgiveness. And Lord, I know that forgiveness comes when I confess. And Lord, I want you to know that I am sorry for my sins. I repent of my sin. In other words, I change my mind. Lord, my way, my thoughts, my, 
is not better than yours. And Lord, because you know that, and because you have my best in mind, and you're smarter than me, you did something for me that I could never do on my own. You sent Jesus to pay a price I could never pay. He paid my sin debt by going to a cross, by giving his life for me, by shedding his blood for my sin, by standing in my place. And so, Lord, I confess with these lips that Jesus is the Son of God and that he did all of those things. And through him this morning, and only through him, Lord, I receive forgiveness. I receive salvation. I receive eternal life. And Lord, help me to take the next step. If that's you this morning, here's what I want to ask you to do. Take your worship guide out. Give us your information. There's a box on there this morning that says, today I I prayed to receive Jesus Christ as my Savior. We want to help you to take the next step. Take that card to the worship center. I'm sorry, to the help center in the atrium. And let us help you come along. Let Let us come alongside of you to help you. What's the other area of your life? that you need to surrender. I need my path straight, Lord, in my marriage, in my finances, in my... Trust me, obey me, and I will make your path straight. Let's sing about that right now. Stevie's gonna go back. We're just singing just an old, old, old song I grew up with, many of you grew up with, just I surrender all. All to Jesus, I surrender. Would you stand right now? Let's just sing this together. Stevie, would you lead us there? If you need to come and pray, it's, that's open to you. You just need to sit down maybe and just put your head on your front of the seat in front of you or just pray or whatever. But let's ask God right now, just have a moment with him of just worshiping him, but also making some decisions in this new year to help bring some simplicity into our lives.